Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Going bell to bell with the best in professional wrestling news, entertainment, and lots of Sin City surprises from inside the squared circle. Now, let's get to all the exciting pro wrestling action and bring on the host. Here is Mark Hoke. And we, we wow. <laughs> Guys, it's been one hell of a week. <laughs> Welcome back to the Mark Hoke Show here on KDON 101.5 FM, the talk of Las Vegas. I will try to talk. I am Mark Hoke. Thanks for being with us. Oh, man. This week has been absolutely insane. And I want to thank all of you for being with us. This is the best in pro wrestling news and entertainment on KDON. And, of course, streaming live on that Odyssey app. If you haven't downloaded the app, well, you have failed. And you must rectify that immediately. Of course, you can get all the great shows on KDON, you know, like SportsX Radio, which, of course, airs on here from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. Pretty darn good show with Ken Thompson. It's got a pretty solid producer. He's okay. A little ugly, but he's all right. And, uh, of course, you know, all sorts of terrific shows. And, you know, the Aussie family and many others. So download that app. It'll keep you entertained, I promise. But, of course, you can. You know, listen to the Mark Hoke Show, and of course, have our shows available on markhokeshow.podbean.com. And if you are out there and you don't want to interact with the show while you're listening to it here on KDON, you, know, you can hop in our chat box on YouTube or on Facebook or stream in there. Because I'd love to get your thoughts on everything that's going on because this has been an insane couple of weeks in professional wrestling. Very few times that I can remember that there has been so much news in and out of the ring, and we are trying to cover it all for you here. And, of course, Las Vegas, on top of the presidential primaries and caucuses and the Super Bowl, just somehow became the epicenter of professional wrestling as well. It is amazing what took place here in Las Vegas all this week. And just on a personal note, obviously I I produce – the Steve Sanchez show and sports X radio. So between the professional wrestling and the politics and the sports, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I couldn't get sleep. I, I barely saw my daughter and I, but I did get to meet some fantastic people. You know, we heard from uh, Darby Allen and Nigel McGinnis and I got to go to Nigel's magic show at the nerd this week which I thought was just terrific you know, a lot of mentalism and things like that. And just very much enjoyed that. And, you know, we're going to be hearing from orange Cassidy, uh, the AEW international champion a little bit later on in this hour as well, but also got to produce an interview, uh, interview with Donald Trump and spoke to Matt Gates and Carrie Lake. This has just been a wild week for me. And, you know, I want to thank everybody, you know, who's been involved with helping me out this week, Mark Mania, who is the program director here at KDON. You know, it just was something that a week I'm not going to forget. And just a huge thanks to the WWE staff for their help over at, and uh, I should say in TKO too, 
for their help over at the WWE WrestleMania press conference. And just a massive thank you to uh, John Schneider and everybody over at AEW. I mean, they are first class all the way. I mean, they are just such a terrific company, wonderful people, and you know, setting everything up that they did and the opportunities to get to talk and hang out with a lot of the people from AEW. Just, I don't know. I I can't say enough about those guys. And, you know, AEW is just a terrific organization. So thank you very much to them for all of their help in, you know, giving us uh, the opportunities to talk to some of these wrestlers and bring their stories to you here on the Mark Hoke Show. So shall we... um, Shall we chat? What do you want to talk about? As a certain gentleman would say, oh, what a wild week in WWE. So, of course, on Friday, after The Rock had uh, managed to get Cody Rhodes to step aside and take over the spot in the main event at WrestleMania, the fans went crazy. We talked about a little bit last week that the We Want Cody hashtag was one of the top trends in Twitter for days. And the reaction had been swift from the WWE universe that we don't want The Rock and Roman. We want Cody Rhodes. They wanted Cody Rhodes to finish the story. Footage was coming in from all over the country at WWE shows that The Rock was getting booed. Anytime The Rock came up, a video was put up, don't want The Rock. Boos everywhere. You were seeing just vitriol towards The Rock. And it got announced on Friday that there was going to be this WWE kickoff press conference here at T-Mobile in Las Vegas. And it's weird because you know WWE really tends to plan things out very meticulously for the most part. But they threw this thing together very, very fast. And obviously with the Super Bowl being here, a lot of press being here, you know, it's a good opportunity if they want to do something to do it. And lo and behold, they did. And that conference kind of started off with Pat McAfee doing his show down on uh, on Radio Row. Had The Rock, who insulted many of the Cody fans. He was not happy with them and called them Cody crybabies. Tried to start a trend on Twitter and you know, said they were going to They were doing bad things with chicken nuggets, which we cannot say on the air. Happen to like chicken nuggets. My daughter likes chicken nuggets. And for those of us out there that like Cody Rhodes and chicken nuggets, Dwayne, we can assure you that we are not doing bad, bad things with chicken nuggets. And this was the start of this damage control campaign. And honestly, this is what it was. Because as the stories went out, and, and one guy who was really in the middle of this was Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful, who was reporting that even back in January that this was part of The Rock's contract, that at minimum that, that he was supposed to 
wrestle a match as part of his stipulation for being on the board of TKO, which is the parent company of WWE. So The Rock apparently had decided that, you know, we're going to wrestle Roman. You know, this is going to be huge. And then after everything happened with Vince McMahon and then CM Punk getting hurt, and the reports were out that Rock felt like, hey, this is it, man. Go to, goes to Ari Emanuel, who is the man in charge of the TKO group, which oversees WWE and UFC now, said, this is it, man. We're saving WrestleMania. You know, kind of taking on the godlike complex that he took on when he went barreling into DC Comics Studios. Instead of Black Adam just being a Shazam villain, it's like we're gonna we're gonna center the bad guys around uh, Black Adam, which turned out not to be such a good move. Well, so Cody still gets booked to win the Royal Rumble. Triple H, apparently, from what we are seeing from reports from uh, Dave Meltzer and PWI Insider, or PW Insider, of course that's uh, the insider group for pro wrestling illustrated the longtime publication that <laughs> triple H knew it. He still booked Cody Rhodes to win the Royal rumble. So this was a very, uh, shall we say tricky situation for Mr. Johnson and WWE. And, you know, we of course heard more reports that many people, within the locker room and employees were shocked that this was going to happen, that they had been building this story for a very long time. And to all of a sudden see Cody was out was not a popular decision. And then the fans revolted too. And they were a lot of people I think felt like, well, this will be okay. You know, they're, everybody loves the rock. So this will be all right. You know, we're going to have the rock step in he's going to be the head of the you know, takeover, try to be the head of the table. You know, and take over the family. But they did not anticipate that Cody had built up so much popularity. They did not. And all of a sudden, this backlash, they knew that this was going, that if they had taken this route, that Cody, that The Rock was going to go into Philadelphia as supposedly being the good guy, it wasn't going to work. And I had even said this on Twitter as well. When someone had brought it up, I said, if they go this way, The Rock is going to get booed out of Philadelphia. And Roman may end up actually being the good guy in this whole thing. But it could be a, a situation similar to what happened when Brock Lesnar and Bill Goldberg were both leaving and uh, at the after, for, at their, after their WrestleMania match. And they just got destroyed. And the Philadelphia crowd... After you denied them their Rocky story with Cody Rhodes, oh boy, not a good call. So obviously they made a pivot. And at this press conference, Seth Rollins came out and wanted to know what Cody was going to do, introduces Cody, and Roman comes out. Roman comes out and says, you lost your chance, Cody. You know, when you don't make a decision, other people are going to step in. And he says, I choose the rock. Well, wasn't this was kind of a little logical flaw because it wasn't his choice to make. Cody won the Royal Rumble. It's his call. 
Well, then The Rock comes out. The Rock is, yep, this is going to be the great main event. And, you know, you don't screw Cody Rhodes. Oh, and, and put and then the the awesome graphic of the giant Lord of the Ringsy tree. If you didn't see this thing, it looked like it was something straight out of a Lord of the Rings chart that you would see with all the relations of everybody in the entire book, because it had all of the family from the Mayavias on down. Everybody that had participated in professional wrestling and is still in there on the board. It's in the bloodline at the bottom. So, you know, they, they should, he and Roman, you know, did the, did the handshake. And then Cody came out with a uttering a profanity and said, no, 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 no. I'm wrestling Roman. And then Roman insulted Dusty Rhodes. Cody insulted Peter Maivia. Rock slaps Cody, and off they go. And then, of course, Triple H came out on SmackDown and said, hey, just in case you forgot, Rock, um, I'm in charge. It's Roman and Cody. So that's where it stands right now, a very interesting situation with The Rock, Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, and Seth Rollins, who apparently is going to get his opponent selected by the winner of the Elimination Chamber coming up here in a few weeks down in Australia. But, wow, WWE is trying to save this situation. I think they did okay. We'll find out. But they are walking a very fine line right now, and they're going to have to watch it. But it will be entertaining to see if the most electrifying man in sports entertainment doesn't screw this up. Who knows? I'm sure everybody's going to be watching. They've created some palace intrigue here. So we'll check it out, and we'll follow it here on the Mark Hoke Show for you, to say the least. So keep uh, keep sticking with us. And speaking of sticking with us, we're going to head to break because when uh, we come back, it's time to hear from the AEW International Champion. That's right, Orange Cassidy is going to be joining us. And you know what? I got him to break character a little bit. That's right. The lazy one. The King of Sloth style. Actually talking to us. It was fun. So stick around, everybody. We'll be right back on the Mark Oak Show here on KDON. One oh one five FM KDON. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Here again, your host, Mark Hoke. And we are back on the Mark Hope Show. Very excited because, of course, AEW Collision back in town here in Las Vegas this Saturday night at Henderson at the Dollar Loan Center, 4 p.m. And we are very excited to have this man who, by the luck of the draw, gets to defend his AEW International Championship against Japanese legend Tomohiro Ishii. I'm sure he's looking forward to having his chest turned into hamburger this weekend. We are very excited to have Orange Cast. Joining us here on the Mark Oak Show, Orange. How are you doing today? Um, I mean, I was doing okay, and then you mentioned all that stuff about my chest turning into hamburger, and uh, now I, I, I 
I remember I have to I have to wrestle that man uh, this Saturday, and and it's not lucky. I, it's not the luck of the draw. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, I'm sorry to get things off on a bad note. I apologize. You, you know. No, no, it's actually good to keep get my mind focused for it. You know, because I I have a, I have some trouble getting focused. <laughs> We've seen that occasionally, but it's all good. It was funny that I got to do some research. When I went to North Dakota State, I used to hang out with the architecture guys a little bit, and I didn't know that you went to NJIT and have an architecture degree. How did you go from that to pro wrestling? Uh, well, that's all alleged. That's a, that, that's allegedly I did all that. Okay. I, it, it's very a, it's, it's a blur for me of what <laughs> uh, uh, I do uh, in and out of the ring, but professional wrestling has always been uh, a part of my life one way or another. And everything else I've had to deal with, with my life for wrestling was equally the goal as everything else. So, uh, yeah, I was tired a lot. Kind of like how I am now. And another interesting part that I saw is you got your beginnings back in Hanover, Pennsylvania. And I actually grew up in East Berlin, Pennsylvania, just a little bit away from there. And I would love to hear about where it all started for you. Tell me a little bit about that time in your career. And I can't believe that it's almost been 20 years you've been in the ring. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy to think about? I try not to think about it because then I feel uh, more sore from all the stuff I've been doing over the past 18 years. But it was just like one of those things where me and my friends thought we could wrestle. So we went out and thought we could do it. May have wrestled in some backyards and met some other kids that were into it too. Kept those connections going and then found out about, about this promotion in Hanover that we could go and uh, wrestle for. So we did. And it's a good thing I did it because now I can sit here with you and do this interview because uh, it seemed to work out okay. Yeah, I think it, just by coincidence. Yeah, I think it did too. I mean, to think that you went from small town, South Central PA to the top of the world in professional wrestling is pretty incredible. You developed such a very interesting style as you've gone along and it stood out from everybody else. And I remember one time having a conversation with Jimmy Hart about being different and you, know, you developed the king of the sloth style and the, the, the kicks and just all the crazy things with your hands in your pockets. Where did that all come from? And what did that mean to you to try to be different from everybody else in professional wrestling? Because I don't know too many people that would have taken chances like that, that you did in professional wrestling to stand out that way. So I could consider myself lucky or I could consider myself desperate or, uh, or just uh, I have been wrestling for quite a long time and I have lots of friends in professional wrestling. And at a certain point, when you wrestle as long as I have been and you see all the people that you came up with and all the people that are your friends get signed to different places, go do great things, travel around the world and you're still doing the small town stuff you kind of have nothing to lose, right? And clearly no one was interested in me. It wasn't anything I was doing was working because I was listening to advice of people that work for them. So I just decided to just do the opposite. And whatever I could do to stand out and be able to show everyone who Orange Cassidy is by being different is what I did. And it started to work. I just started to be who I really am. I started just being lazy. I started doing what I wanted to do. I tried to get in people's heads. And I think it resonated with people because you can identify with everybody. Everybody can identify with having to get up and go to work and not really wanting to be there, but still doing a good job. And I think that's what uh, I, uh, I try to embody. 
And I think over time, it's been fascinating through your run in AEW because watching you, I remember thinking, you know, this guy's, you know, you'd see the flashes of the things that you could do in the ring, but you would see the comedy, you know, and people would see you do like the mimosa match that you did with Chris Jericho and the arcade match that you had. And then all of a sudden things started to change and people started taking you more seriously. And now look where you are. Was there a switch that flipped a little bit to say, okay, now it's time to really maybe get away from that a little bit more. I mean, you still do those things things but it's become more of a serious style in the ring and now people are like wow this dude can really go yeah i also think it's it was by design right i did what i had to do to get the job done and when people start to understand your strategy or what you do in the ring you have to change it up i also think it's i've been challenged a lot from chris jericho matt hardy uh, adam cole and then i the international championship run that i'm on now that first match with john moxley changed something and within me he brought it out of me it's the thing Things that I need to do to continue to be successful. I don't know if I were in another place or in another company uh, that I would be able to go through that transformation. I think people have this idea about someone like me as a comedy wrestler that, uh, and I hate the word comedy wrestler because, but they say that, and then and then that's the one note joke I do for however long I could do that one note until you get sick of me and then I leave. And I'm very grateful that I have a company like AEW and Tony Khan that saw that like, no, we can show a, a wide variety of who Orange Cassidy is. And I feel it's important, you know, I, I treat professional wrestling very seriously and I consider it an art form. And I do think that when you look at something or you see something that's art, you should feel all emotions, you know, sadness, happiness. And I try to I try to do whatever I can to make those emotions come through. And if AEW were to not exist, I don't think I'd be able to do that. And one thing that to me has been so impressive about you over the past couple of years is this run as the international champion. I went back and I looked at a list of opponents that you've taken on. And it is such an incredibly diverse group of people. You know, sometimes guys get stuck in a rut where there's a certain type of opponent they take on. I mean, you've been in the ring with everybody, every style, every size of, of opponent you could possibly be in there with. And every time you go out there, it's an amazing match, no matter who it is or how you have to adapt to take on that person. And, I think it's really shown that you have come such a long way in diversifying what you do in the ring. And it's fascinating to me from where you've come to where you are now that you've just taken on so many different guys. And every night, it's just great to watch. It's, uh, it, it, it is, well, thank you for saying that. I really don't feel like I need to say anything. You're really just doing a great job for me. I could just sit here and, 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 and listen to you. That's fine. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm available uh, for hire, sir. Yeah, no, hey, I might have to. You don't wrestle for as long as I do if you don't pick up a thing or two. And I and I uh, I have a lot of uh, I need to give my props to uh, all the trainers and the diverse trainers. I always thought it was very important to see as much wrestling and learn as many styles as you possibly could to create your own. And just like how I was saying, like it's an art form, you want to just experience different emotions. And there are many different styles of professional wrestling that I think everybody I think bringing it to a, a mainstream. Like here in America, these different types of styles and things I think is important. And I think it's good to, because AEW is the alternative. So 
here's the alternative. Let's show you. And I was very, very, very fortunate that I had the opportunity to go in every single week and wrestle. And I felt a responsibility to make sure that every week mattered and every single match mattered. And you saw every style. And I took a lot of pride in that. I still do. Geez, I'm doing it tomorrow. What am I saying? I'm going to be wrestling on Saturday. So I'm still doing it. Now, over the past year, year and a half, there has been a lot of chaotic moments in AEW. And it seems like it started to settle down a little bit. But I'm curious, with a personality like you have, what were you thinking while all this stuff was going on? I just thought about doing what I thought was right. And I thought about just me being me the same way I thought about the championship is about what I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. I feel that our roster is the best roster I think to ever exist in professional wrestling. And it's unfortunate that a couple things get shown, but I, I know that there's a lot of people that put their head down and go to work and do the best they possibly could do and lead by example. And I, and I try to look up, I try to look to that, try to keep that same feeling of like, Hey, we're here to do the best we possibly can. This is a dream come true. So let's, let's keep it going. And I try to focus on moving forward and, uh, and all the positives because you know, I don't got time to look at all the other stuff. I'm very tired. So I'd rather be happy. <laughs> We're on the Mark Oak show here with Orange Cassidy. I think one thing that is very interesting about the world of professional wrestling, it's hard to keep friends together. And you've had a great relationship with Chuck Taylor. And of course, you know, the best friends uh, with him, Trent Beretta. And it seems like you have a pretty good relationship with Chris Statlander as well. How hard is it to maintain those friendships? And what do those mean to you? Those people you just mentioned are the reasons why I, I was able to be the, the champion that I am today. We really rely on each other, and I think it's very, very important because professional wrestling, as you know, can be a, a very dangerous place. So you need people to have your back, and I'm very lucky to have those people that have been with me for a very long time. Chris Statlander more recently, but Chris is one of those people that we can lean on each other in different aspects of our lives that we all, you know, and I feel like we have a very good group of people, like the best friends. And, you know, we're the, we're the only ones that are still around together that never like, you know, start fighting each other. So we're, we're kind of lucky. Um, that just shows you that we really are a best friend. So it is literally the reason why I am the wrestler I am today. These rings as international champion have been pretty impressive, but do you have any more aspirations? I know you get a little lazy sometimes, but what other aspirations do you have in AEW? Because, you know, there is another title you've wrestled for a couple of times, and it's sitting around Samoa Joe's waist at the moment. But, you know, temptation to maybe try and go get that world championship at some point? You know, I... Uh... I know with professional wrestling that you never know what's going to happen. So I never like to say guessing whatever it is, but I just know about certain things. And I am very, very certain that I have the international championship and it is my goal to make that championship the most important championship in professional wrestling. And it still is. And I'm, someone's going to have to beat me up to take it. And uh, I won't let it go very easy. So um, I don't really look forward uh, to anything else besides that. Well, you may be looking never forward to say never, never say no, never. Very true. Now, AEW Revolution's coming up here on March 3rd as well. What's coming your way there? I'm sure this is going to be a, a, a wild week, of course, with what happened last night with Sting and Darby Allen. Uh, there's going to be a lot of eyes on that one. But uh, what do we have coming up for you on Revolution? So um, Roderick Strong did this uh, really bold thing, and he challenged me for the international championship at Revolution. He did that like three weeks ago, and I was like, okay, dude, you, sure. 
but I'm going to keep defending my championship. I'm not just going to wait for you. And I think that kind of made him a little upset. But so far, uh, Roderick Strong will wrestle whoever has the international championship at Revolution. And um, I don't plan on losing it, but I do have Tomohiro Ishii uh, on Saturday. So, uh, you know, and I know him because I've teamed with him before and I know how hard he hits. So you never know, but uh, I don't plan on losing it. Yeah, that's going to be a great night for you as well at Revolution. So a pretty stacked dance card for Orange Cassidy coming up over the next few weeks as uh, you continue to play the dance with the AEW International Championship. Man, I'll tell you, it's going to be a wild time for you, sir. I mean, it's been a wild time for me for the past year, two two years. So um, at this point, it's just the norm. I just (laughs) just got to keep going, keep on keeping on. Absolutely. By the way, I wanted to ask you real quick before I let you go. I saw the little promo you guys did when you were out at that shelter down in Savannah. You looked awfully comfortable with those dogs. Are you a dog guy, animal guy? Oh, for sure. I was, me and Chris Statlander got to hang out with some dogs and some cats, and uh, we were having a great time, and the dogs, you know, they're like me. They, they, the dogs give off the same energy, so I, I just wanted to lay down on the beanbag chair, and hey, those dogs want to do the same thing, so I was I, I was comfortable. They were comfortable, and I just love. I consider myself more a dog person, but I uh, I like cats as as well too. So I, I like all animals. And uh, where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, just Google search Orange Cassidy. You'll figure it out. Fair enough. That's the lazy way to do it, buddy. And always a pleasure to talk to you, sir. We'll look forward to seeing you this weekend. Great. Thank you very much. There you go, Orange Cassidy, everybody, and you know, just an incredibly. A fascinating guy, and he has had such a long career, and to see where he's come from in AEW, and of course we all remember, you know, he first showed up and you know just putting the hands in the pockets and doing the little slow kicks of doom. And for those that you may not be familiar with Orange, what he would do is he put his hands in his pockets and then just do these little, you know, soft kicks to people. And then all of a sudden he'd take off in bursts of energy and go off the ropes with his hands in his pockets, which is a pretty darn hard thing to do because obviously, you know, you use your arms for balance and, you know, be doing drop kicks and all sorts of crazy stuff. And, you know, finally, you know, as, you know, as he mentioned, he eventually changed his style a little bit and he still, you know, once again, he still does those things, but it's been cut down to a minimum and, and he's had, who runs as AEW International Champion and has really captivated the fans. They love this guy. And, you know, I, the, the sky's the limit for him, but I, I couldn't believe that when I looked it up, he's 39 years old. Just, it, you, you look at him and you think, my God, he's probably in his late 20s, early 30s tops. But, you know, to see that, it was pretty pretty stunning. But what a, a great representative for AEW. And it was an honor to get to talk to him. And and once again, the sky's the limit for him, too. AEW's got some great talent. And if you've been kind of WWE-centric and you haven't watched a lot of AEW, it might be a good time to get on board, especially with this pay-per-view coming up with Sting retiring. There's going to be some very intriguing storylines coming up. And I, w- I would highly recommend watching this pay-per-view because, man, I'll tell you, there's going to be some fantastic matches on this show. So uh, thanks to Orange Cassidy and thanks to all the AEW guys who took the time to join us, uh, Darby Allen and Nigel McGinnis. 
And those interviews, by the way, uh, you know, we did record those. And if you want to get the full interviews, because there's some stuff that we actually had to take out for time considerations. You want to get the full interviews. They're all available on YouTube. So go back and and give those a listen because there's some things that we had to leave out. They're pretty interesting. So check those out on our YouTube channel, Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show, pretty simple. So head on over to YouTube and subscribe. We would greatly appreciate that too. And if you're listening right now and you're in the YouTube or Facebook chat boxes, you know, good time to get some questions in as we are going to be heading into our final break. And uh, we're going to be talking about some stuff with Vince McMahon and a shocking firing at TNA and some other news that's popped up as well, including some bad news for Virgil who's been having some issues. We're going to talk about what's up with Virgil and a a blast from the past who, Oh dear. He just got in some trouble with the law too. So a lot going on in the world of pro wrestling. And we've got it all covered for you here on the Mark Hoke show on Kate on. Hey, we are the top rated show on this station. Live, live rated show, I should say. And we are proud of it. And we want to thank you all out there for listening to us. We greatly appreciate it here on Super Bowl Sunday. So stick around. We've got more coming up on our final segment. So stick around, everybody. We'll be right back. One zero one five FM K Don. You're listening to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Vegas, The Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Now, here again is Mark Hoke. And we return for the final segment of The Mark Hoke Show here on KDON, 101.5 FM, The Talk of Las Vegas. And by the way, if you're wondering, yeah, I do have a little bit of a sore throat I've been fighting for the past uh, couple of weeks, actually. So, going a little Stevie Nicks. A little raspy, but hanging in there. So eventually it'll get better, I promise. It's like whenever I get a sore throat, it just never goes away for a while, no matter what I do. So hanging in there, but of course, uh, we're talking pro wrestling here on KDON, 101.5 FM, the talk of Las Vegas. And if you have any comments or anything like that, and you happen to be on our live stream, we'd love to hear from you. you know, any thoughts about uh, our guests, of course, uh, Darby Allen. Nigel McGinnison just heard from Orange Cassidy as well. And I uh, had a comment from uh, Jason Archuleta who said, I thought at WrestleMania kickoff they were going to announce a mania coming to Vegas. Boy, I'll tell you, that has been a subject of much discussion and had heard that they weren't totally happy with how things went with SummerSlam when it was here back in 21. <sighs> Not sure. But I have a feeling it's going to happen someday. I mean, it's it's just such an ideal town for things like this. And you know, from what we're hearing, the Super Bowl is going very smoothly. And you know, Vegas is just designed for events such as a WrestleMania a Super Bowl. You know, with the hotels and everything being convenient. You know, we need some infrastructure. And you know, if you're listening, those of you running the city, even though. You know, personally, I wouldn't mind seeing some different people running the city. A light rail wouldn't be a bad idea. Just saying. 
but a WrestleMania in Las Vegas would be pretty cool. Uh, you know, Tony Khan pretty much said it without saying it, the double or nothing is going to be back here in Las Vegas. So get ready for that Memorial Day weekend. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's always a terrific time, and we'll look forward to, I'm sure, seeing the stars of AEW coming back. And by the way, TNA announced they're going to be having another trip back to Vegas after the success of Hard to Kill. So I believe it was Rebellion is going to be here in April. So get ready for that. So TNA is going to be making their trip. They'll be back at the Palms here in just a little bit. So it won't be long before we see the stars of TNA coming back here. But one person that is not coming back with them. And this was a stunning story. I mean, I think everybody was shocked when we heard this that you know, just a little while after what really was TNA's biggest show in a while, had a lot of success on pay-per-view buys and so on, that TNA president Scott Diamore was fired by parent company Anthem and has been replaced by Anthony uh, Ciccone. I mean, this was just an absolute stunner. But apparently what happened was uh, Anthem uh, head Len Esper and Demore could not agree on how to run TNA. Demore apparently wanted to keep expanding. You know, they, of course, they had brought in you know Will Osprey and Okada for this last show, and Demore had actually gone out and secured financing to purchase TNA, and unfortunately, they decided. You know, not to sell and apparently just couldn't come to a decision on uh, you know what to do and sent Scott packing. Not a popular decision in the locker room. And after speaking to a lot of you know performers for TNA, boy, I can't imagine this is going well. And I'm sure a lot of them probably marched into the offices and said, we want out. I, you know, if you go back and listen to some of the interviews like they did with Josh Alexander and Moose, they considered Scott not just their boss, but their friend and a very good one. So this one is going to be one that, oh man, just when things were going very well for TNA, this is a disaster. I, I don't even know what to say about it except good luck. But, you know, we'll. Continue to cover TNA, and we'll see if they, you know, keep things rolling. But you feel bad if you were there or saw the pay per view and saw the passion that that Scott had about TNA, and from where he took it. I mean, that place was nearly a pile of ashes, and they turned it. He turned that place around you know, from Impact. You know, now just rebranding it. It's it's stunning. So I want to wish everybody over at TNA well and hope things go okay. And, and it's unfortunately it's a business. Sometimes we forget that, but what a, what a stunning bit of news out of TNA. Wow. Uh, another bit of news that just came out. Of course, part of the reason that everybody thought we'd play the game with the rock was, well, you know, this little Vince McMahon thing, we got to make this go away. So, well, some of the reporting from Vice 
and others has certainly not allowed that to happen because uh, some digging was done, uh, and this a lot of the sourcing was coming out of Vice, and of course that's where the dark side of the ring, uh, that network, and uh, they do some sometimes some very shaky reporting, but on this one, apparently. Ashley Massaro, of course, you remember as Ashley, uh, back in the mid to late uh, 2000s, uh, was a performer from WWE, uh, found out that WWE apparently had covered up that she may have been raped at a uh, an event on tour uh, over in Kuwait in 2006. And apparently John Laurinaitis had reported this. So that's what he, uh, his attorney said that. And uh, apparently someone representing himself as a U.S. Army doctor while they were on tour, uh, Massaro had said that she was injected with a paralyzing drug and raped. But apparently it was covered up. The situation was covered up. And then we've also heard Paul London and some others saying that Massaro had been completely sexually harassed by Vince McMahon over a long period of time, and she rejected him. And McMahon eventually took over Massaro's uh, promos and was completely burying her. There was one example I saw on Twitter that I, I remembered that was just unreal. But Massaro suffered a lot, at the, apparently, at the hands of Vince McMahon while, of course, their lawyer was reporting that, you know, Massaro would see other divas making out with Vince in the locker room. Of course, Massaro uh, went on after she was released from WWE. I did a little bit of TV and radio, but unfortunately, it committed suicide in 2019. But a lot of reports about Massaro and, of course, Bret Hart spoke out also this week, saying that, he can never shake Vince McMahon's hand and is disgusted by all this. Uh, Seth Rollins actually spoke out that anybody who's involved in this, you know, he hopes he, they get what's coming to them. Uh, Bruce Pritchard, of course, uh, the one that the uh, longtime uh, employee of WWE and one of the right-hand men for Vince McMahon has said, he basically said, no comment. I can't talk about any of this stuff. There's legal things going on is hidden, but of of course, Ronda Rousey said you know, it's basically Vince's right-hand man when Vince isn't around. You know, Bruce is the one that talks about it. Of course, he has a podcast that he does. So a very ugly situation continues in WWE. And I hate to say it, no matter what you try to do, this is not going away. It's not. And you know, Vince can uh, WWE can try to cover this up as much as they want, but this situation is going to be around for a long, long time. And I'm sure there's going to be more lawsuits and more news that will be coming out of this in the weeks and months to come. So good luck on that. Uh, We want to uh, also mention another story that came out. A a guy who, if you're an 80s wrestling fan, you may remember this one. Billy Jack Haynes, of course, wrestled up in Portland for a while and then... uh, did some work down in world class and then uh, was in WWE. Oh, well, this is a 
bad story. He was apparently arrested um, for shooting his wife. Yeah, this is this is not good. Uh, so Billy Jack Haynes uh, allegedly uh, may have shot his wife here. He's in custody. Um, he was uh, taken to a local hospital, was treated for a medical condition. Once he's released, expected he's going to be booked and charged. Uh, Thursday, officers responded to a report of a shooting uh, in his neighborhood. Uh, wife was found dead. And, uh, yeah, so bad news there. So, of course, he hasn't wrestled for a long time. But, yeah. So Billy Jack Haynes, of course, uh, he, there were some other issues, legal issues around him too, but wow. So that was pretty bad, but we also want to wish uh, our best to Virgil. Of course, you remember he was the sidekick to the million dollar man. Uh, apparently Tatanka reporting that he got a message from a friend that Virgil is not in good health, had several strokes, uh, but, uh, said there's power in prayer. Everyone come together and say a prayer for Virgil. So we want to wish him all the best. Of course, he had some issues with strokes before and uh, dementia. So all the best to Virgil, but I hope you get better and take it easy out there. And, guys, that's all we got. What a show. Holy cow. I don't, don't know what more we could have jammed in there. But we want to thank AEW once again. Really appreciate all their hospitality. and want to thank Nigel McGinnis. Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy for taking time out to be part of the Mark Hoke show. We really do appreciate it and had a great time in Nigel McGinnis's show. Folks, wherever you are, and we know we've had about 160 countries listen to this show. If you get a chance to see Nigel's show, and this is coming from bottom of my heart, you gotta go. It was such a great time, and Nigel you know, really does uh, tug at your heartstrings on that, and it's worth the time. Follow us on all the social medias at Mark Hoke Show. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We would certainly appreciate that at the Mark Hoke Show. MarkHokeShow.com. We're kind of everywhere, kids. And, of course, here on KDON, 101.5 FM, the Talk of Las Vegas, and the Odyssey app. I wish everybody a great time. Be safe and be smart. Super Bowl Sunday. If you need a ride, make a phone call. Don't drive drunk. Just take it easy. Have a great day, everybody. Good luck to you. Enjoy the rest of your day, Las Vegas. Want more of The Mark Hoke Show? Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show. Like us on Facebook at The Mark Hoke Show. And visit MarkHokeShow.com to keep up with everything happening with the show. And remember to check out all of our archive shows on YouTube at The Mark Hoke Show and download our podcasts at markhokeshow.podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. So join The Mark Hoke Show family today and thanks for listening.